Well, good morning to you all. I was told yesterday that my voice is changing and dropping an octave or two because I have a cold that set in kind of right when Andrew left town. So it's been fun, really. Uh, <laughs> so I've got my Kleenexes and my cough drops. I got my water. So we'll just pray that my voice makes it through the sermon today. Um, also, um, last week, I should have mentioned this, but I have a boot on my foot, if, as you may have noticed, and it's on the other foot than it was last time, because um, I had bunion surgery uh, about a year and a half ago to fix issues on this foot so that I could address issues on this foot, and I have pretty bad sub- plantar fasciitis, I have really high arches, and I've done all the steroid shots, I've done all the stretching, I've got supportive shoes, I've got custom orthotics, and Still, two weeks in a boot and anti-inflammatories has not helped it. So um, I may be scheduling surgery soon. So you'll probably see me in a boot more often (laughs) in the next few months. So we'll see what the doctor says when I follow up later this week. So I'm going to start with prayer. If you join me in prayer. Lord God, I thank you for this book of James. Um, This book that we're diving into to hear from the scripture directly from you what you have for us to grow as the body of Christ, to grow as followers of Jesus, to grow in our knowledge and understanding of God, but also experiencing his salvation, his freedom, and his love for us right here today. In Jesus' name, amen. So we started a couple weeks ago looking at the book of James, and Um, James is Jesus's younger brother, and he was born of Mary and Joseph, and so he was a sibling of Jesus getting to live in the same house as Jesus and grow up with Jesus, see him go from being a carpenter to stepping into his ministry. He got to see swarms of people begin to follow Jesus as Lord, and he got to witness all of the things of Jesus becoming Lord or as Lord, um, rising up into his ministry, and then he got to see him die on the cross. He got to see him rise again as Lord, and it says in the scriptures that Jesus appeared to James um, specifically in his resurrected body. And so then James became a church planter for Jesus in Jerusalem um, for people who were Gentile Christians, and then he wrote this book, this letter, and it was meant for all believers, um, anyone who would come to believe in Jesus Christ as Lord. And so that's not just written for people back then, but it is written for all of us in all time and all space. So everything we read in James applies to us. And so James 1 is If you read it, you feel like you're jumping all over the place, and it's really because it's an introduction to the rest of the book, and it gives us an overview of everything James is going to address as we keep reading. So in the last two weeks, Pastor Andrew has spent a lot of time talking about trials and temptations, talking about how trials are tests that we will inevitably face in this world, Um, And when we do face them, they're a chance for us to grow in our faith and our maturity as a follower of Jesus. And so we persevere through them, as James says, with great joy, even though it may not be joyful for us, knowing that as we press on, we are growing in our relationship with the Lord and growing stronger in our faith. And then we are going to face temptations in this world. Um, But temptations are not from God. They are from the sin and the evil of the world around us that entered the world at the beginning of time in Genesis um, when 
Adam and Eve chose to listen to the voice of the enemy instead of trusting in God. And how often do we in this world listen to the voice of the enemy um, or listen to the voice of our sinful selves instead of listening to God? And unfortunately, there are many times when we are going through a trial or a temptation and we don't know the difference of what that is and we begin blaming God for something that we ourselves may have caused. But what Pastor Andrew talked about last week is that God is the giver of all wisdom and all that is good. He is the giver of perfect gifts, and we can lean on God with confidence and trust in him, knowing that he is listening to us and he's capable of helping us in our times of need. So now we have come to chapter 1, verse 19, and what we heard today in our reading is a continuation of this introduction this overview of things that we will be talking about in the coming weeks, and some things that we'll touch on today for sure. Um, In the coming weeks, we will be talking more in detail about what our faith and what our deeds, and we'll touch briefly on those today. We will talk about the power of our words and how what we say really affects um, other people and our actions and the overflow of our faith and our heart. Um, We'll touch on this today too, but we'll go deeper in the coming weeks. Um, We'll talk about what it looks like to submit to God instead of the world around us. Um, We'll talk about the power of wealth and how um, money and riches can affect our lives and our faith. We'll talk about patience and lastly, prayer, which will fit in so nicely with our James um, series on Wednesday evenings. So I encourage you to plug in on Wednesday evenings as we dive deeper into prayer um, when Lent comes around in a couple of weeks. So this week I took a class through the Master's Institute, that's the seminary I graduated from a couple of years ago, and the class was called Youth Ministry in a Secular Age. And I learned a lot of things that I feel like really apply to what we're learning in the book of James. We talked a lot in this class about how spirituality and belief in God has transitioned drastically over the last several thousands of years. It's gone from being something that was sacred and that affected your life and everyone you knew followed Jesus and that was the way of life for everyone to today where we have this constant question of who am I? What am I trying to discover in life? What am I trying to discover about myself? And how dare anybody question my journey to truth and discovery? We've gone from a time when everything was sacred and people had a knowledge of spiritual forces around them. Think of like medieval times when things were either sacred or profane. Um, People had an idea of what spiritual forces were happening around them. And everything they did was around sacredness and following the Lord. Um, The way they dressed, the way they talked, the way they lived and their social actions with other people. Even think of Jesus' time. A lot of their lives were centered around the temple and around their devotion to God and their practices. Everything was sacred and and anything that wasn't sacred was considered profane or against God. But then today in our culture, it's not about what is sacred or about allowing God to dictate every part of our lives. It's more focused on let's just have a good life. And that could include God or it might not. It's the idea that it's not about what you believe, but more about what you do, because it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you are a good person. But here's the thing we learn when we study the book of James. You can't separate what you believe from what you do. Specifically, your faith in God 
Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. What you do in life should be an outpouring of what you believe. And for us as Christians, that means taking what we know to be true about the Word of God and how it defines us and applying it to how we live our life every day. And this is what we'll be talking about today as we jump into our Bible passages. So um, if you want to open your Pew Bible or your Bible app or a Bible that you brought to James, we're actually going to read from the Bible today because being sick and taking a class and Andrew being gone, I did not get a time to put stuff on slides. But I think it's fine that we're talking about the Word of God and reading from the Word of God. So the book of James begins on 1,880, if you're in a Pew Bible. And I'll give you a second to open to that, to James chapter 1, 19. And we're going to kind of go line by line here for just a little bit um, to dig in deeper to what James means when we are talking about these things. So James 1, verse 19 says, My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteousness that God desires. So this passage follows what Pastor Andrew talked about last week, that every good and perfect gift from God, from God uh, is from God and comes to us full of wisdom and truth. Um, God is unchanging and always faithful. And so because we have such a good God, we are called to be quick to listen called to be slow to speak, and called to be slow to become angry. This is because a lack of listening or a lack of restraint with our anger and our words can lead to actions that do not reflect the Lord. So the anger that James is talking about here is anger that leads to sin, um, that kind that is quick, that is reactive, that is rooted in our selfishness, um, or shows a lack of love and trust in God. So a few weeks ago, or I don't remember how long ago, when the last time I preached, I talked about the rage monster. You remember, kids, how we talked about the rage monster? How they don't even, he didn't even think about what other people, um, how he might affect other people. It was just his own selfish desires that caused him to rage and throw things and hurt things and hurt people. I'm not encouraging any rage monsters here, children, okay? But... How often can we fly off the handle and be reactive and then later be like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Look what that's, the mess that it's brought me to. This is what James is talking about. Because when people act like this, it hinders us and others from hearing the word of God. So I have a story that I want to share with you. My sister Rachel, she was one day walking along the street. Beautiful day. The birds were out, and as she was passing a house, she saw a cute little baby bird sitting underneath somebody's truck in their driveway. And she loves birds, and she knows that my mom also likes birds. And so she decides to stop and bend down and look at the baby bird, pulls out her phone and takes a few little pictures to send to my mom, and then goes on her way. Later that day, she got onto Facebook and saw that on the local Facebook page, similar to Story City People here in town, had a picture of her bending over, taking a picture of a truck in a driveway, and somebody blasting her. How dare she stop and take a picture of their truck that was only a little bit over onto the sidewalk? How dare she stop and do that? Completely reactive to a situation that they had no idea about. 
And then the comments kept going. How dare she do that? How rude of people. You can imagine the feeling of my sister. And me, I'm still livid about that, that somebody would hurt my sister like that. And so she kindly sent the baby bird picture to that person, said, I was just taking a picture of a baby bird in your driveway. Have a nice day. (laughs) And thankfully, that person was embarrassed and apologized and deleted that post. But how quickly is our world like that today? We have access to hurting people right there on the internet. And I actually, a few weeks ago, had to leave Story City people because I was getting so fed up with the hate and the anger and the reactiveness of people. But how quick are we to also read those things and judge others for those things and become reactive in our own ways? This is the life that we live in now. People aren't slow to speak. They aren't quick to listen. They aren't slow to become angry, and we can fall into that trap too. And Jesus says in Luke 6, 45, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So where does that good or evil come from? It comes from different voices of the world around us, the voice of the enemy, the voice of our sinful selves. That doesn't come from God. So what James is addressing in this first part of this passage is hastiness of temper hinders the word of God from being shown alive in us and through us. And human anger, as we saw in that story, it can be really powerful and really hurtful, especially when it's coupled with our words. And we can easily fall into sin or fall away from God or hurt others or hurt God. So James starts with this passage because he wants us to pause and think about what it looks like to respond in any situation we may face with the word of God that is planted in us by listening to the Holy Spirit, by choosing to react in a line of character that models Jesus and not our own, or the way other people may react in the world or expect us to react. So we're going to read verse 21 now. It says, Therefore, because of what I've just said, therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. So therefore means that this is a cause and effect moment um, from the first two verses. Um, It's because of what we just read that we are now called to do this. We are to, to turn away from all of those things that may cause us to react, cause us to hurt other people, and instead lean into the word of God that's planted in us, that's rooted in us, that the Lord speaks to us and that gives us, he gives us. So this idea of being planted is also supported throughout Scripture. So in Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is living, it is active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the hearts. That's how powerful the word of God is. It is living and it is active. And then in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, it says, And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you had heard from us, you accepted it not as word of men, but as it was really was, the word of God, which was at work and is at work in you believers. So what does this mean? It means that when we read the Bible, 
Or when we pause to pray and listen to the Holy Spirit, something happens to us. Something changes us. Something from the Lord of God is living and active and powerful, and it fills us and becomes rooted in us. It means God is doing something within us to change us and transform us if we let him. And this also means that the word of God that is at work needs to be nurtured. We need to lean into it in order to grow. Because in order to grow in faith and therefore grow in living our lives for God, we need to take time to engage with the word of God through the scriptures and through pausing for prayer and listening to God. How many times, I mentioned this in um, confirmation this morning because we were talking about prayer and listening to the Holy Spirit. Um, How many times do we just give our requests to God and don't pause even for a minute to hear what God may speak to us? Whether that's through a picture, a vision, a word, a scripture, a song, comfort that he may give us. God is a speaking God because he loves you and we want to hear that word from God. So let's keep reading in verses 23 through 23. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror. We'll keep going. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law or the perfect word of God that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. So we're supposed to not just listen to what happens, um, listen and read the Bible or listen to God speak to us, we're supposed to do something from that and get something out of that. All right, so James is using some comparison, some metaphor here to talk about what it looks like if we don't take what we've learned and what we've listened to the Word of God and apply it and go and do and act. So a story that I have for this is Um, In 2006, I was a freshman in college at Orberg, and I decided to go on the spring mission trip over spring break with other students to New Orleans. And it was about six to eight months after Hurricane Katrina had made landfall um, down in the southern Atlantic coast and wreaked havoc on homes and families and businesses. And what I've read is that this is one of the costliest natural disasters that the U.S. has had in its history. And um, one of the reasons that New Orleans was affected so much is because all of that water that came in and all of the rain that came in made the levee systems break from all the flooding. So there were, um, down in that area, areas that were completely devastated. And so um, I went on this mission trip, and our job was to go into these homes and help clean up. Um, We were told that we had to bring work clothes that were specific just for working on those houses um, that we could use for several days. Um, And everything had to cover our bodies. We had to have long sleeves and gloves that covered our wrist. We had to have long pants and long socks. We had to wear working boots. We had to have masks. Um, eyewear, helmets, everything as much as possible had to be covered, and that's because these houses had been sitting for six to eight months. I don't remember how long that was. Um, And so there was disease. There was mold. 
There was all sorts of stuff in there that we did not want to touch or catch or breathe in, and there were snakes, poisonous snakes, that could have made their homes in those places. So every day, um, after we did our day of work, we would return to the campsite, and we would have to sit outside of a shower trailer, and they would just shuttle us through to take a shower, and we would take our clothes, our dirty work clothes, put them in a sealed bag, and then people who worked for the laundry trailer next door would take those things and wash them overnight, and the next morning you would have clean work clothes to wear for the next day. And so it was this ritual. You couldn't go anywhere. Um, You couldn't go inside a building until you had showered and put on clean clothes and handed off your dirty clothes to the people that would do the laundry. And it was like this every day throughout the trip. So when I read this passage in James, I am reminded of that idea of doing something like washing off all that bad filth from those hard days of work and handing off all the filth of the dirty clothes and then having the freedom of the rest of the day to rest and relax and um, not have the burden of being um, tied up by all those germs that we'd been exposed to and we'd have the rest of the day for freedom, to do free time, to go and explore town and rest and eat and have fun. So it's this idea of going from that filth to experiencing freedom and living a life full of blessing. But what if instead of taking a shower and putting on clean clothes, I just changed my clothes for the day? Or I just washed my face instead? Or I took a shower but put the dirty clothes back on? It's like re-exposing myself to all of that filth that we don't want. That's exactly what James is talking about when he talks about this metaphor of looking into a mirror and then walking away and forgetting who you are. It's like taking a shower and putting on dirty clothes. It's leaning back into what God has already cleansed of you and cleaned of you and wants to make new in you. And so when we are reading the Word of God or we're listening to the Holy Spirit, God is changing something in us, and He doesn't want us to go back. He wants us to move forward in growth and maturity and learn and listen to His Word. So what we learn from these passages is that true disciples of Jesus— they listen to God's word in order to go and do what it says. And the only proper response to God's word is action, allowing it to take root in us and let it grow us and change us. And so why would we take the time to read the Bible or pause and listen to the Holy Spirit speak to us and not let it change us, not let us drive us to what is best? What keeps us from being changed by God's word is not God, it's us. It's our priorities, not including the word of God. It's how we spend our time and not making time for the word to speak to us. It's pride, our stubbornness, our own desire for control in our life. It's not wanting anyone to tell us what to do, even if it's God. And we want to fall into this trap of self-discovery, and I can do it myself, Um, I can make myself a good life instead of leading and leaning into the God of the universe who wants to speak to us. So look what what God offers, though, as he said in um, in this chapter, that says he will be blessed in what he does. This is what God is offering us, freedom from sin, a life of blessing. Think of that theme, thrive, that we've been talking about, a thriving, good life. 
Not that everything's going to be good, but it will be good because God's in it. And having that freedom to walk every day without the burden of the filth and the muck and stuff that's weighing you down. So I want to close with this. The way we live our life is how we carry out the great commandment. To love God with all of our hearts, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. And love God, love others as God loves us. And we don't do it on our own will or our own strength. We do it because we lean on the word of God that's planted in us. When is the last time you experienced that? I want you to reflect on that this week. A few takeaways for you today. In your life today, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Because the word of God is planted in you. And what you say and do is an overflow of your heart and what you believe. So, read the scriptures and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit so that your faith will grow and you can carry out that great commitment of loving the Lord and loving others. Let us pray. Lord God, I thank you for this word from James. The challenge that it brings to us, the conviction that it brings to us that we are to turn away from our own desires and the desires of the world and simply focus on you. I pray for each of us to surrender wholly to you and your word today. Would you speak to us in ways that we've never seen before? Would you change us and transform us so that we can walk in freedom and experience that freedom every day? In Jesus' name, amen.